podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's been Olympic Day. Much more than just a sporting event, it's a day for the world to get active, learn about Olympic values and discover new sports. And there's an event ongoing this week that's very Olympics, the European Games, or Olympics light. Light because not much is being shone on it from a Team GB point of view, despite more than 100 athletes competing. We'll discuss who decides. I'm John. And I'm Michael, and talking about multi-sport events, it's been a big week for the Commonwealth Games. Birmingham 2022 have been revealing their plans. More on that coming up very shortly on Anything But Footy. We'll also round up the rowing, hockey, road cycling, wheelchair rugby and modern pentathlon news. And as ever, we'd like to hear from you anytime. You can get in touch, anythingbutfooty at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, anything but F. We've been keeping an eye on those European games for you this week. Facebook and Insta. And of course, once you've listened to the podcast, please share and like and rate us on iTunes, on Spotify, your usual podcast provider. And as we said last week, we want to spread the word. We're just over a year away from Tokyo 2020. Please get tell a friend that this is the podcast that they need to listen to, anything but footy, ahead of Tokyo 2020. Now, Michael, it's 125 years since the modern Olympic Games was revived by Pierre de Coubertin. The second ever European Games are underway this week. And we previewed it, of course, in the last edition of the podcast. To remind you, more than 100 Team GB athletes are competing 4,000 athletes from across Europe, that's more than 50 countries, in events such as road and track cycling, judo, gymnastics, boxing, archery, table tennis, shooting, and even sambo. Yes, I haven't quite worked that one out myself yet. But Team GB have started bang on target, literally. Naomi Fulcard winning a gold and silver in archery in the women's team and mixed team. The first archery medal at a multi-sport event since the Commonwealth Games in 2010. In the first of the three days of this 10-day event. And also, talking of archery, last week before the event in Minsk in, in, in Belarus, which is taking place at the European Games, Great Britain rounded off a brilliant week when they sealed the women's recurved team bronze with a dramatic victory over China at the World Archery Championships. The British team of Fulcard, Bryony Pittman and Sarah Bettles. And it means that Britain have secured full quota places for Tokyo 2020, one of only four teams to qualify, both their men's and women's teams. And I have to say, all that after funding was initially withdrawn after Rio, by the way. So success for archery. There's been success for judo as well, Michael. Yeah, Chelsea Giles has won. She had to come through the uh, repechage, but she's picked up a bronze medal. And you talk about success being on target. Well, we've also got a shotgun trap shooting bronze medal, courtesy of Aaron Harding as well. But I put this question to you. How much of it have you actually watched? Hmm. And that is the question. It got us thinking, who decides whether this sport is or what this sporting uh, success or this sporting action gets into people's consciousness. We have to, as I've said before, you know, we have to get it out there. We have to say this is happening and that's why we're doing it on anything but footy. But why is this, Michael, as you say, Olympics light? Why is it not getting coverage on the front page of the BBC website? Is it a poor standard? Because some people might turn around and go, well, you know, 
it's not very good. There's not the world's best athletes there. There's not even, you know, um, the world's best cyclists there, although, as we know, Jason Kenny is. Um, but this event isn't going away. Krakow has been named as the next hosts in 2023. So it's heading west. But when is it going to head into our hearts? And, you know, maybe it won't until we tell more people about it. But is it because some people just think that the standard is poor or is it this, that it's just new? And like 125 years ago with the Olympics, they just don't know it's happening yet. I think there's some truth in both things that you say, but I think we do a disservice to some of those people taking part on behalf of Team GB if we describe the standard as being poor. Because we talk about names like Naomi Folkard there, we look at the boxing team, we look at our table tennis players, Liam Pitchford and Sam Walker have been in action, unfortunately uh, both have been knocked out. We've seen the men's and the women's road race in cycling. And these are the types of people that will be going to the Olympics. There are names there that have been to Olympic Games before. Naomi Folkard, you know, a very experienced Olympian. So I think it does them a disservice to say that these are names that are not quite good enough and that's why people aren't interested. They are good enough. They're Olympians. At the moment, it's the profile of the event, I think, which is the problem. And I think you've got this other issue, and we've spoken about it on a previous episode of Anything But Footy, that you've got the European Championships that did so well, hosted very well by Glasgow, of course, and that's kind of rivaling this, this European Games, and both of them, if you like, setting out to do the same thing. And I think until those two events come together and then get a bit more buy-in from some of the, the, the cities like Glasgow, perhaps Birmingham in the future, maybe London, uh, and maybe take it into to Paris or... Madrid, Barcelona, maybe some of those cities that have got a bit more of a, a track record, if you like, of hosting some of these kind of major events than we're used to watching World Championships, European Championships, Olympic Games. Until those kind of cities, those kind of nations step up, I think the, the event is going to suffer more than the individuals taking part. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, the likes of Naomi Fulcard and Alice Schlesinger and Chelsea Giles, who've won medals, as you say, at the European Games, should rightly be proud of them, particularly the archery. As I mentioned, they've qualified for, for Tokyo 2020. And actually, they beat China at the world archery, you know, to, to win a bronze medal. So the standard of archery is obviously, you know, pretty good at, at these European Games. And I, I suppose it's interesting to say, you know, who are we to judge what is poor what is successful uh, what is good what is bad and and actually why do we care about it and 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 do we actually sit there and say well this is actually poor or actually do we sit there and go I'm actually really quite enjoying this and I tell you the reason why I ask that question is Andy Murray you know again we talked about him on anything but footy last week he's come back into tennis he absolutely loved playing tennis this week at Queen's at the Fever Tree Championships you know watching him on court um, you know with net drop shots at the net, volleys at the net, brilliant service returns at the age of 32, just months after hip surgery, it was a joy to watch him. But actually, if he's the champion of the men's doubles at Queen's with Feliciano Lopez, what does that say about the quality and standard of men's doubles? Do we sit there and go, well, this can't be very good because Andy Murray's only just come back from hip injury? No, actually, I really enjoyed it. He was smiling. He was happy. The whole crowd was smiling and happy and they absolutely loved it. And it's the same with the singles. Lopez won the doubles and at the age of 37, the Spaniard won the men's singles title. So do we sit there and go, 
like we have been doing with the European Chip Games or even the, the, the World Cup. I'm not going to say the Women's World Cup anymore. It's just the World Cup. It's going on in France 2019. It's happening now. Do we sit there and go, well, this isn't very good? No, actually, we don't. England played, you know, another great victory against Cameroon, a 3-0 victory in, the, in their match. And, and you just think, actually... I'm enjoying this. So isn't, isn't that a, a, a good kind of measure of sport, that you enjoy it? Sporting drama is sporting drama, I think, and drama can deliver at any level. Um, you know, we all love watching Champions League football. We love watching England in the Nations League. But one of my favourite uh, Twitter accounts is watching Sunday League football and those clips that come up on Twitter of really awful Sunday League football because drama is drama. Entertainment is entertainment, no matter what kind of level of sport you're watching at. And I think, actually, the level of sport at the European Games, as we've said and highlighted there, in a number of these sports uh, where Britain have sent big teams, the level of the entertainment, the level of the drama, the level of the expertise on show is there. It's just suffering a little bit from the profile. I imagine Andy Murray at Queen's got huge audiences for BBC on a mm. Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, the European Games is not resonating with the public because it's on BT Sport. Whether there will be some, some limited BBC TV highlights there was last time around, I just think the scheduling of this event at the moment for the BBC doesn't help because obviously they're very much in their tennis mode. They're building up to the 1st of July when, when Wimbledon will start. They've had Queen's. They've got the Women's World Cup where they obviously are showing a, a number of games live across their platforms. Where would they find a place to put the European Games on? And then the expense, of course, of the production, of having to go out there and take the presenters out there, potentially the commentators out there, or at least across some of the sports. And some of these sports are not sports that the BBC are, are regularly, regularly showing as well. Things like archery and judo, they get their, their moment in the sun from time to time, but they're not on week in, week out. I just don't think at the moment this event fits fits with BBC Sport and the way that they, they want to go. You know, they went very big, didn't they, on the European Championships last year. Uh, but when you look at the sports in that, with the, the track cycling, with the athletics that were held over in Berlin, they fitted the, the portfolio of British sport, if you like, much, much neater. Absolutely. Uh, we will, of course, keep you up to date with the European Games. It's 10 days, finishes on June the 30th. If you keep an eye on our Twitter, at anything but F, we'll let you know who's in action each day and hopefully those medals uh, and hopefully a gold medal at some point as well. Uh, still to come on anything but footy this edition, we will be talking more multi-sport events. As Michael says, a huge week for Birmingham 2022. It will be on us before we know it. That's what's scary about it. But after four medals, at the European Championships. Great Britain came away with four medals at the Rowing World Cup in Poland at the weekend. Two silvers and two bronze this time. The men's eight grabbed silver as they did at the Europeans uh, losing out to Germany once again. The women's eight were third with a bronze behind Australia and the US. Also silver for Great Britain's John Collins and Graham Thomas in an absolute brilliant race in the men's double skulls and a bronze for para-athlete Ben Pritchard in the PR1 men's single skulls. The European champions the men's four ended a disappointing fourth for them 
The British cycling team has been announced for the National Road Racing Championships. The time trial takes place on the Royal Sandringham Estate on the 27th of June. That's a Thursday. Uh, the road races take place on the 30th of June. That is a Sunday. Remember, we've seen both the men's and the women's road race team already in action at the European Games in Minsk. Uh, British cycling have announced their teams, as I say, 10 elite world title winners, four Olympic gold medalists. I'm not going to run through every name because that would be fairly tedious, uh, but the <laughs> Women's team, the time trial includes the sisters, Hannah and Alice Barnes, Nia Evans, who I once sat on her feet at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. Not sure if I've ever mentioned that before, that I was there. Uh, Sarah Story, also in that team. Uh, the men's team includes former winner, former five-time winner, Alex Dowsett. Also, uh, Harry Tanfield, Ian Stannard, Steve Cummings, Owen Dool. If you follow cycling at the Olympics, these names will be familiar to you. And in the road race, you've got the reigning champion, Connor Swift. You've got Mark Cavendish in there, Chris Lawless, who had such a great tour to Yorkshire, of course. And in the women's race, no Jess Roberts or Lizzie Dignan. Roberts is the reigning champion, but former winner, Hannah Barnes, Eleanor Barker and Katie Archibald, both in the team for the women's road race. And fantastically as well, the streets of Norwich will be shut as there will be a mass participation event, including a 100-mile sportif on Sunday. Get yourself back to Norwich, John, and you can wander and cycle the streets to your heart's content uh, without fearing you're going to end up on the front of a Ford Cortina. And nothing to do with the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre, <laughs> as Alan Partridge would say. Uh, on the Football World Cup, and we're talking about this, people keep saying, John, you're anything but footy. Um, we're talking about this because the top three European sides will qualify for Tokyo 2020 uh, with their performances at the Football World Cup. England are through to the quarterfinals, as they say. Uh, semi-finalists four years ago in Canada after a 3-0 win over Cameroon, who reminded me of the team from 1990, when, frankly, anything could have happened on the pitch. In fact, I thought at one point, they were going to walk off because of VAR. They didn't. All the correct decisions were made. And as uh, Phil Neville rightly said, get over it. Uh, Steph Houghton, Ellen White with her fourth goal at France 2019. And Alex Greenwood, the goal scorers, uh, all on the score sheet. And bigger tests will no doubt come. But four wins out of four, you can't argue with. Although, actually, I don't think they've played very well, to be honest. England now face Norway, who beat Australia in a penalty shootout. The Matildas... I mean, what a great name. Shame about the result and their spot kicks, but the Aussies have such brilliant names like the Wallabies and the Socceroos. I, I tell you what, though, 10 years ago, it could have been a lot worse. They'd have been known as the Sheilas. <laughs> Talking of tests, in wheelchair rugby league, England beat France in the first test. France, remember, were the reigning world champions. But in the return second test, which took place a day later in Toulon, England lost dramatically by 50 points to 46. Remember, the 2021 Wheelchair Rugby League World Cup will be played in England. Olympic Day. And some might say the movement's younger cousin, the Commonwealth Games, certainly gets more coverage here in this country than elsewhere. So all eyes are on Birmingham 2022, who came to the rescue of the movement, frankly, when Durban pulled out due to funding worries. Now, this week it was suggested and it has been initially approved by the CGF board that the new Commonwealth Sports for Birmingham will be women's cricket, beach volleyball, and para table tennis, which actually boosts the number of disability events following the success of Gold Coast uh, 2018, where more than 300 para athletes took part, and that is a record figure. Shooting misses out, 
and archery, which is a little weird after what we've been talking about uh, earlier on on anything but footy um, and that success at uh, the Europeans and hopefully the Olympics. Also, plans afoot for a brand new Alexander Stadium. I talked about the grassy banks in the last edition of anything but football. They will be no more. But a huge week for Birmingham 2022, Michael. And actually, I think beach volleyball, women's cricket, I understand why that is going to be in Birmingham, such a a massive hotbed for for cricket in this country, and para table tennis. I think maybe the right decisions? Yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for um, British shooting, um, British archery certainly, or archery GB, who obviously were campaigning hard along with other nations. Shooting is a gay, is a sport that's been in the game since since 1966. In fact, it only missed out uh, in Edinburgh in 1970. And you get lots of, of different nations winning sporting medals. So nations like Cyprus uh, traditionally do well. India, obviously, although a, a huge nation in Commonwealth terms, uh, not a massive nation in terms of sort of medal wins, uh, but they traditionally do very well in, in shooting as well. The issue boiled down to, to the venue, basically, and, and Bisley in Surrey was on offer. That's where the shooting was held when Manchester held the Games in 2002. And although Birmingham is the host city, uh, remember, as it stands at the moment, cycling's not going to be in the Midlands. It's going to be in London at the Olympic Park. So, you know, it's not unusual for, for sports at a Commonwealth games and at the olympics of course to be a little bit spread out so for example Mm. cycling at the gold coast wasn't really um at the gold coast it was up the coast in brisbane it was a good two two hours away it was the equivalent of a birmingham um to london trip so i think just that the venue for shooting was was problematic bisley i think could have could have hosted it um and i think the organizers of birmingham 2022 said that they would pay whatever it needed um, to get the event on there. But I, I guess when it came down to, to trying to create a buzz in the city, trying to create a buzz in the region, you can see why they've gone for something like beach volleyball. They can construct yep. a temporary court, smack bang in the middle of Birmingham in front of the, the council building. It will be one of those you know moments that, that everyone will, one of those pictures that everyone will, will take because you'll go, wow, look at that, a little bit like it was when they put it on Horse Guards Parade in 2012. You can see why women's cricket's included because it's a sport on the up. They've got Edgebaston there, a test ground, of course. Uh, we did have men's cricket, which didn't really go down too well in Kuala Lumpur in 98. And I think, as we've spoken about before, the Commonwealth Games, in terms of trying to establish itself in the sporting calendar as, as a kind of rival to the Olympic Games, the European Games, European Championships, inclusivity is one of the of things now making the Commonwealth Games unique. And that is why I think para table tennis has got the nod. Plus, of course, um, you know, there's some really good medal chances, um, certainly for the home nations in in para table tennis as well. So I do feel sorry for archery and shooting. Um, It's difficult when you've got a limited program, a limited sporting program. The Commonwealth Games don't want it to to go out of control, a bit like the Olympic Games sporting program has now, where we're heading to 30, 30 30-plus sports. You know, they have to keep it tight if they want to keep attracting cities to to bid for the games and host the games and be able to afford the games. So they need to keep a tight schedule and not every sport can get in every time. Absolutely right about the inclusivity. What I really like about the Commonwealth Games is this mix of able and para sport athletes. And big news from the United States this week, that Team USA, the United States Olympic Committee, has formally changed its name to the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And they say a change celebrates the athletes of Team USA 
and the Paralympic movement in the United States. And Andrew Parsons, president of the International Paralympic Committee, had said this is a historic moment for the Paralympic movement in the United States. And, Mike, I remember, you know, talking to uh, other journalists at 2012 and 2016 uh, about the coverage of the Olympic Games. You know, the NBC, as we know, bankrolls, frankly, the IOC. Uh, that's why sometimes the swimming finals are in the morning because that more people in America want to see the swimming finals and, and all that kind of thing. And then you say, well, what are you doing with the Paralympics? And they go, oh, there's like a, a highlights program um, at the end of the week. And it's like, what, seriously? But hopefully this announcement from Team USA is a game changer. And we've talked about it on anything but footy before. But, you know, is this the way forward? It will never happen between the IOC and the IPC and they want to, to keep it separate. But this is a massive step and a, and a real thumbs up for, for Team USA. Yeah, one Team USA. I wonder whether the next step is is one Team GB. It's a discussion that we've had before because you've got Team GB obviously competing at the Olympics. You've got Para GB competing at the Paralympics. Now, I would have said, I would have agreed with you a week or so ago that there, that there was no way the Olympic Games and the Paralympic Games would would come together any more than they they already do. But this is this is a huge announcement. Um, the fact that there's going to be one Team USA now, so they'll be changing the names to all the various training sites, the the Hall of Fame, and everything will all be integrated. And the influence that the US have, as you say, over the IOC because of the money brought in by television. If NBC turned around to the IOC, let's talk hypothetically here. If NBC or the the US TV rights holder turned around to NBC and said. Actually, we want the Olympics, the Paralympics to run more in tandem. Um, if you want us to cover Paralympic sport, then you're going to have to start bringing it into that that event program that you've got of the Olympic Games. It would be very, very tough for the IOC to turn around and the IPC to turn around and go, no, we want to keep our two separate shows. So I think it's 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 probably a long way off. It's certainly not going to happen in 24, 28 because, you know, lots of planning already in place. But whereas a week or so ago, I would have said never, not in my lifetime. I wonder now whether, in fact, we could see it in our lifetime. We may see the Olympic program, the Paralympic program um, increasingly come closer together. I think it's a, an interesting one uh, to, to debate. And as we've been talking about on anything but footy, uh, things change and new events come in. And, and, and you know, 125 years ago, uh, no one thought the Olympics would quite be as powerful and dominant and uh, have a podcast about it every week uh, <laughs> when uh, Pierre de, de Coubertin set it up. A um, couple of other headlines from the world of athletics this week, Michael. Yeah, UK Athletics have appointed a new chair. It's Chris Clark. He's the former head of global marketing at HSBC. And the advertisement is now live for the new CEO. And also they're looking to appoint some new non-executive directors. Exciting time, I think, for UK Athletics. They're embracing um, a lot of new things uh, at the Alexander Stadium where they're based. And I, I went and visited them this week and had a chat with them. And obviously, of course, they're a year out from another Olympics and Paralympic Games, which is always, you know, with, with everyone one saying athletics is is the main sport of the olympics when that starts in the second week the olympics really really starts you know it's exciting times with with uk athletics at the minute and some some genuine global superstars potentially as well it was all changed for the men's and women's hockey with the final matches of the FIH Pro League. Not only did they turn the famous rugby ground, the Stoop, at Twickenham into a 12,000-seater stadium, 
but they actually both won in the double header. It means the men's team, coached by Danny Kerry, who guided the women to Rio glory in 2016, finish in the top four and now qualify for the semi-finals. Congratulations to them. They beat New Zealand 2-0 at the stoop. Chris Griffiths and Alan Forsyth scoring, and they now face Australia in the last four on Friday, June the 28th in Amsterdam, while Belgium face Holland in the other. And the final... Hopefully, with Great Britain, England in it, June the 28th. And the British women have struggled this year, but they did finish on a high with a 3-1 win over New Zealand. And everyone involved in that event should be congratulated for the imaginative staging that they put on at the stoop. In pentathlon, the Tokyo Test event takes place at the end of June. It will double up as the World Cup final. Athletes looking to secure their qualification for Tokyo 2020. You know, in September of this year, we're going to see the first British athletes named for the Olympic Games. So it's getting closer and closer. And this pentathlon event is a real world-class event. 14 of the top 15 ranked women in the world will be taking part. There will be two Olympic champions, nine world champions. The top 10 men in the world will also be taking part. And the Great Britain team includes the informed Kate French. Joe Chung will be there as well as the reigning men's world champion, Jamie Cook. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us at any time. Uh, the usual numbers apply. Anything but footy at gmail.com at anything but F on Twitter, Facebook and Insta. And as we said last week, please share the word. Please tell a friend about our podcast because we set this up to celebrate all things Olympic and Paralympic. And if you won gold or silver or bronze this week, some may question the standard. Even Michael and I may worry sometimes about the way some athletes are performing. But if you won a medal, won a match, won a race, you achieved this week. And we want to talk about it on anything but footy, whether it's Olympic, European or Commonwealth Games. Sports Social Podcast Network.